Emergency podcast, guys. The Marlins at the trade deadline swing a deal. The Marlins and White Sox swapping Jakes. The Marlins acquired Jake Berger. What a name, by the way. And they send back to the White Sox Jake Eder. This one will be polarizing. However, the Marlins add a power stick, a legit power stick that plays in the infield with five and a half years of control. Tons to get into with the UK GOAT breaking this one down. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Deadline Locked on Marlins. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X at Miami Marlins underscore UK. That is still new, by the way. Um, Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. I have been in a holding pattern for today's episode. I couldn't go early. I knew the Marlins would do something. I knew they would do something surprising. I knew they would do something big. So thanks for joining us. This is immediate reaction. This is half past 10. PM UK time, so 5.30 Eastern, the trade has just happened, and we are hitting it. Uh, Don't forget there is a YouTube channel, of course, guys. Make sure you head on over there. Hit subscribe on YouTube, of course. Uh, Before we get into it, the UK GOAT is primed and ready for action here. Uh, This episode is sponsored by Game Time. Yes, sir, and you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONLB for 20 bucks off your first Purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, welcome to the deadline episode. The first deadline episode, there may be more, who knows, but this one specifically, Jake Berger, Jake Eder. First off, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, Pete. We, we've been on our phones all day, haven't we, waiting for this trade. All of a sudden, it it, it absolutely blows up, and, and we're yeah. scrambling right now. But, scrambling. <laughs> uh, what, what exciting time this is, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my, You'd be glad to know my phone battery is back to being recharged, so I'm away from the 3% situation I was. Uh, I think it is now 13 hours straight on, on Twitter or X or whatever the, the hell we call it. Um, me and you were texting about, well, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. What's the plan? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are, we, are the Marlins going to do anything? Then, Greg Mish, of course, on it first. As always, the Marlins are trading for Jake Burger, that's the big news that drops. Then the return. It's not been officially official at this point, so there may be more pieces, but the headline piece in this deal, Jake Burger going to the Marlins and Jake Eder going to the White Sox. The White Sox, you know, signaling that they're happy to effectively listen on everyone, seemingly apart from Luis Robert or Luis Robert or however we want to pronounce him. I get the sense that maybe the Marlins... Went in to talk about Luis Robert. They got the hard no, so went down and flexed away from that. But overall, mate, your immediate reaction, just when you saw this flash up, burger for Ida, what were you feeling? Uh, I'm I'm really kind of confused by this. Oh. Like, for, for me, Ida was that, that last guy, wasn't it? It's, it's the biggest prospect that the Marlins probably have. Obviously, we're ignoring Uri at this point. Yep. But for me, either is the, the A-minus guy to Uri's A-plus. And, like, Berger, for me, like, 
I hadn't really heard of his name. I'd not heard of that discussion. Or no. he's having a, a good year, like the power, the pop specifically, all the other underlying numbers, the batting average, the, the K percentage, all those numbers don't really interest me a lot when I look at them. But mm -hmm. those home runs really do play. And, and what have we spoken about the Marlins for the whole season? Like, who's going to give the power for the Marlins beyond Soler? But for me, like, I've not really anticipated either being traded for anybody that wasn't really a name. So right now I'm I'm quite confused. And yeah. and we'll go through the rest of this podcast and we'll, we'll we'll discuss it. But right now this is for me a questionable decision. Oh wow. Wow wow wow. And I can understand that. I can I can completely understand it because Jake Berger we don't know a ton about him. We haven't seen a ton about him. I I've barely seen any White Sox games ever. Um, Jake Berger, good name though, good emoji, you know, makes me think back to all the, the Brad Boxberger days of uh, the COVID year. Um, an emoji is absolutely en fuego there, but we haven't heard a ton. The reason we haven't heard a ton about Jake Berger is the fact that he's got so much control. He's not been around much. He hasn't played a lot. Um, but what we have to say and what you've already called out is the, the power at the major league level this year in particular Looks real. The control is real. He plays defensively. The, the White Sox have been using him primarily at third base, it seems. Um, he's played recently at second base as well. He's you know maybe going to play some first base. We'll talk about maybe how that could kind of all piece together shortly. But, you know, overall, to your point there, Sean, we wanted a power stick. And we've gone and got what I think looks to be... Um, Baseball savant, I think, agrees. A legit power stick at this point. Yes, the strikeouts are there, but you know, I, I don't think, I don't think we could kind of, you know, go bananas about this trade and be really unhappy with it for the fact of the the control, the profile. We were speaking yesterday, mate, about how the Marlins going to handle the Jorge Soler situation. If Soler moves on, who do they have in the organization that can deliver that home run power? Well, right now, they've absolutely got one of them made. So I can see why they've gone down this path. And I always felt, put this out there on Twitter as well, I've always felt that Kim would do a deal and she would avoid the rental market primarily and would look to go years of control. And it would be a name that no one thought of, was not even spoken about. And that's exactly what they've done. It's exactly what they've done. Um, where, where's he going to play defensively? He's been spending time at third base. His third base defense isn't that good. He's played some at second base. His defense there not like not that good either. Um, is he is he going to DH? Is he like how are they going to fit him into this lineup defensively? I think it's a case of you're right. Like he's played primarily third base, uh, but I think he is he's playing third base. Yeah. Is this Jacob Berry at the major league? Is this basically Jacob Berry? Um, and I think it is a case of like if you look at what the Marlins have at third base with Segura, yes, he's hit 300 since he returned, and yes, he's been okay. But I think realistically, we, we spoke previously about the idea that the Marlins have this flexibility with their lineup, and I think this is just another situation where they can just add a bat-first guy, yeah, hang the defense, and will fit him in. When he plays, Segura doesn't play. When Segura plays, he could theoretically play DH. 
Um, just going back to the home runs, because that number really didn't, one number really flashed out to me when I looked at his just simple line of mm. home run fly ball ratio. Yeah. He is third in baseball, admittedly behind Judge and Otani in home run to fly ball ratio at 32.1%. Mm. So one third of the time when he hits a fly ball, it's a home run. Wow. That is unsustainable. <laughs> when, when you, that, you know, it is. It, it quite frankly is a stupid number, and when you put that in Lone Depot Park, especially, like I have my question marks. And, and again, this is just another question mark that I have. Mm. I spoke all the time for the last weeks, months. Just add people, add additional people, add bodies, and hope that. The more people you have, the more chance you've got of one of these guys getting hot. So I can look at Berger's numbers and I can I can question this, that, and the other. But ultimately, he's another body, another guy that's had a good year and the Marlins, you know, catch lightning in a bottle. I'd rather they did this than didn't do this. Although I said exactly the same when they signed Abisal Garcia. So who knows? Oh, boy. It's fair to say, Marlins Twitter, we were crying out for activity, action. We were seeing the names come off the board. A lot of people losing their minds about Candelario yesterday after we spoke about Candelario, actually. Um, missed out on him. The reality is so many teams just not selling. And I personally just really like the creativity of Kim Ang at this point because no one has been traded with five and a half years of control. No one. Everyone is dealing in the rental market or maybe with a you know, the team will eat some money the next year. There's been no trades like this one. None. And I'm telling you, there's been other clubs that have given up similar level prospects to Jake Eder in the grand scheme. So I'm with you. I can completely see it. You're looking at his numbers. You can see some red flags in the numbers. Home run to fly. Is it sustainable? Strikeout. Clearly a problem. However, some of the uh, counting stats this year in particular on a putrid team, we have to say. And when you're on a putrid team, you know, you can get a bit down. Just imagine Jake Berger on a on a competing team at this point with Lewis Arias hitting ahead of him, Jazz Chisholm Jr. hitting ahead of him. Like, who knows? Sky's the limit here for Jake Berger in some ways. But not one other club, not one other deal has looked anything like this. Kim Ang, in my opinion, has been ultra creative with this one. I really like it. I want to carry on this conversation with Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, shortly. Uh, before we do that, though, let you know about our good friends over at Game Time. And we shouldn't forget, there is a game this evening. There's a game starting in an hour's time. I mean, the deadline should be a game-free day, I guess, just so we can all just enjoy this. But nevertheless, buying tickets to your favorite event should not be a stressful event. Game Time is fast and easy. And it's an easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. they got flash deals even on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Maybe even wine tastings. Who knows? Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 
110% the difference. You can't say fairer than that. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, you're here with the UK coach Sean Barrett and myself, Peter Pratt. Emergency podcast digging into the news that the White Sox have traded Jake Berger to the Marlins. The Marlins send it back Jake Eder. A big, big deal. Not yet fully official, official, but we're just gonna we're just gonna assume that this is the final deal. Um, Sean Barrett feels uneasy. Some question marks maybe on this one. Let's talk about Jake Eder though briefly um, and segue into him. It's fair to say in 2021 in particular, Jake Eder was the buzzy name. The Marlins went really heavy with heavy with draft uh, in the draft with pitching uh, in and around this time. They took a load of arms. Jake Eder then was really ascending and had a stunning year in 2021. Like it was, you know, this was even before Uri Perez emerged as the top pitching prospect. Some already knew that he was, but others didn't. But Jake Eder was ascending in a similar way. Um, he then gets hurt. Tommy John, but he's now back. His last appearance for the Marlins end up a, what, a 10K, double-digit K appearance? I mean... The White Sox, I think, by what Jake Eder's done in the minor leagues, it looks like they have got a real one, I would say, with Eder, right? Yeah, that's my biggest concern. I mean, yeah. uh, Eder was eerie before Eerie was eerie. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as recently as yesterday, we were talking about who would be the next guy up for the Marlins when they needed pitching. And we went long. We went real long, didn't we? 45 minutes, whatever it was. And I didn't get an opportunity, but I had the stats up, and I've got the stats up now. Like Ida's last couple of starts have been real like indicative of what hopefully he becomes. And even outside of a Marlins jersey, I still hope he does. Like I'm not going to begrudge him that. Like As you said, 10, 10Ks in five and two-thirds, the start before that. Eight mm. strikeouts in five innings. The start before that, seven strikeouts in four and two thirds innings. Like he's come back from Tommy John, the pitcher that Marlins fans and the, the Marlin organization had hoped he would become. And that's why I'm concerned. But yeah. having said that, I've said for too long, like the Marlins can't acquire enough people for this year. I've been all in for so long. So if Ida becomes the, the pitcher that we all hope he becomes and, and the Marlins miss out on that, so be it. Mm. But the Marlins are all in. Like we're we're trying to win now. And and if Berger can can deliver on some of that promise, then and get the Marlins to a playoff situation, mm-hmm. then so be it. Like that that's where we are, isn't it? We are now officially collateral damage, brother. Yeah, we're August first. Like you, you trade the future for now. Yeah, and, and that's what the Marlins have done, and that's what Kim has done. Yeah, the Kim, Kim doesn't have a future if they don't win now. So, yeah. Ida is yeah collateral damage. We all we spoke about it for months, for weeks, maybe even for years. I would say, Sean, because we do these episodes on a daily basis, week after week, year after year now, which is impressive. Uh, and wild and uh, almost marriage ending uh, for myself personally. But anyway, uh, that's a side point. <laughs> but we did see this potential eventuality 
where if the Marlins were close to the hunt, contract year Kim, we knew what would happen. There's no way you would think about next year or the year after. There's no way. Kim was always going to go all in on this one. On Jake Eder specifically, and I get that that's why you're nervous about Berger. You're nervous because he's effectively the left-handed Yuri Perez, potentially. Um, his 2021 year was insane. He's working his way back. I did think after that 10K performance recently, I did think, I wonder internally, whether Marlins are looking for starting pitching right now, knowing what they've done with Yuri Perez this year, I did wonder if they thought, could Jake Eder do a job this year, now? You know, is Jake Eder right now more dependable than Edward Cabrera? Some would say anyone is more dependable than Edward Cabrera at this point. But I feel like the Marlins have probably asked that question. They've probably answered it and thought, he's not quite ready. We can't get him into the mix this year. We're going to baby him back. Thus, we're happy to move him. And overall, like I look at the Marlins and think, from an arm perspective, Trevor Rogers is down right now. I think his year's done. I think we spoke about this yesterday. I think Trevor Rogers won't be back at all this year. Max Meyer will be back at some point. Sixto Sanchez, who knows? Um, Dax Fulton, who knows what the future holds there too. He's also hurt right now. They've got a ton of like highly projectable arms, either being one of them. Um, but equally in the rotation right now, if everyone's healthy, like, there's a lot of arms in this organization and there's not a lot of bats. And so something has to give. And so someone has to go. And for me, Ida makes a ton of sense because he's on the field right now. He's striking out guys. And that's that's how you get. This effectively is Jazz Chisholm Jr. for Zach Gallon. This is effectively what this deal is pretty much um, in many ways. Like the Marlins have kind of done it again. Where one for one, prospect for prospect in many ways, Ton of control, arm for stick. The Marlins have just done it the other way around this time. They've used, well, they haven't done it. They've gone and got another stick. Similar kind of profile. So, well, yeah, I suppose it is similar profile in many ways to Jazz, jazz uh, without the speed. But, yeah, it's it's a funny one. What do we see as the corresponding move here, though, Sean? Like, we've still got 15 minutes to go on the deadline. We're watching our phones. Anything can happen. Um, but Jake Berger's got to get on this roster. Uh, there's not a lot of, there's no options I don't think available on the roster right now. Everyone is either they have to be on the roster or the bench guys have no options left. So how are the Marlins going to squeeze Jake Berger onto this roster? And I don't know how quickly that'll happen, maybe tomorrow, but you know, they've got a decision to make here, I think. They do. Uh, I just want to go back on the idea that the Marlins have done the trade in a similar vein as Jazz and Galen. Like, You've got to factor in at this point that the age of Berger, yes, he has all this control, but he is 27 years old. He is, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's a 23 year old rookie playing in baseball. Um, like, there are some moves that the Marlins can make, and I don't think it will be like they clearly know what they're doing, or at least you'd hope so, that they're going to be able to fit him in that lineup. And I think. For me, looking at it, with with Ida being the most logical guy to bring up and give you some length at the major league level, I still think 
And yes, there isn't much time. I still think there is one more trade in there. I think there is still one more arm that the Marlins can go and get and acquire. It won't be a big name. It will be a Cueto-esque name, a guy that can just give you six, seven starts between now and October that will rest the rest of the rotation, the bullpen. I think the Marlins trading either kind of, they have to get another arm in my eyes. Like, if you're going to trade either one of your yeah. best prospects, maybe your best prospect, yep. disregarding Erie, if you're going to go and get Robertson, the best reliever on the market at the time, mm. like they, they've proven themselves to be all in, but they kind of haven't gone all in. Like, I don't feel like they've, they've committed fully. I think there's still time though, right? There's still time. And, that last minute will be the craziest minute in, mm. in baseball this year for me, mm. I think. And I think the Marlins still have some moves to make. I think this is this is a move that he had to make, but I don't think this is the end of it. No, there's 30 minutes to go. And by the way, uh, I've heard that story before where the last minute is always the most frantic. We won't go into that, but I have two children, both unplanned. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you connect the dots on that one. But I'm with you, mate. They have, like, and we spoke about this yesterday. Let's kind of like generally just kind of talk about the Marlins at this point. That may well take us to an emergency live carry on of this if something drops. But we spoke about Edward Cabrera yesterday, you know, potentially a sliding door situation here. If Eddie rocks up and it's six quality innings, how does that, how does that make the Marlins feel? If it's two, three innings and they walk everyone, I think I said two innings and he walks everyone or a blister. How do they feel about that? Listen, I'm, I, the Marlins right now, they cannot trust Edward Cabrera. They cannot trust anything that Edward Cabrera does. For all the stuff and all the dreamy stuff that we see, sexy hairdos, you know, you name it, like he looks like he should be good. He looks like he should be good. We've talked about him for years, like he should be good. Edward Cabrera this year has not been good. The Marlins cannot trust him. And... Right now, I mean, I'd have, I'd have trusted Jake Eder over him, to be honest with you. But, you know, we haven't got that option. I think that's the point you're making. Like, they have to go and get another arm in the next, what I would say is 11 minutes. Um, what arm? Innings Eder. It's fine. Maybe Eddie Cabrera ends up in the pen at this point. More likely, I'd say Eddie Cabrera, like, down to AAA. Just, you know, work on it. Just throw strikes. Skip has been saying to Eddie Cabrera all year, throw strikes is what we've heard after everything. Either the guy is not listening, not able to execute. He wants to throw strikes. He just can't. Something's happening. I don't know what it is, but the Marlins in this kind of run in August, September, they need guys they can trust in the rotation. And you just can't trust Eddie Cabrera right now, can you? No, I mean, it, it sounds so simple. Trust your stuff. Throw strikes. Your stuff will get you there. But look what that did with Sandy last year. Look what that did with Lazardo this yep. year. Like, Eddie's not quite there yet, and he's 25 years old. And, like, he is not right now what he could be. Like, he, he could be amazing. He could be as good as Sandy, as good as Lazardo has been this yep. year. But right now, he's not. 
And the Marlins aren't in a situation. We spent years, haven't we, Pete, saying, oh, this guy's got all the promise in the world. We have. Brinson's, the Ethan Diaz is, <laughs> all these guys that we've got. Oh, Graveyard. Yeah, the stuff's there, the, 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 the tools are there, but we need to see them build on that promise. That's where Eddie is in my world. Like, he's not quite there yet. And no. Yeah, the Marlins, if they are to be a playoff contender, cannot trust Edward Cabrera. You put out a tweet earlier today. Who would you trust in a must-win game? I don't know if you worded it quite like that, but was it Edward Cabrera or Johnny Cueto? And I voted Johnny Cueto, and that's just how I feel. Like, <laughs> the Marlins need that extra arm. They do. They genuinely do. And... After our discussion yesterday, I kind of felt like Aido could have been that guy for me. But, you know, he's gone now. The Marlins got Jake Berger. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that that bat brings that, that, that extra pop for the Marlins. Yeah. But ultimately, they need that arm. I don't I don't mm-hmm. see the Marlins as they currently are constituted as being a... If I wake up tomorrow and this is the Marlins team that I have, I ain't going to wake up confident. The Marlins no. need an extra arm, at least. Just carry the load. I don't need an ace. I don't need number two. I yes. just need another arm. We need arms that need to carry the load, and I think one arm that is going to be off the board in the next couple of minutes is Jack Flaherty. Looks like the Baltimore Orioles are about to pull the trigger on that deal. Um, makes so much sense. I would say that puts the Orioles right in the thick of it this year for the World Series. You know, They will be in the mix. You know, anything can happen in the postseason. But I think the Orioles have probably, if they execute on that, got the best rental, pure rental, starting pitcher, I think, available potentially, at least by name. Like, Flaherty has got a lot of track record, a lot of injuries in there too. Um, I think the Marlins were sniffing on that one. But listen, the Orioles, if they want to make a deal happen, they can make, make a deal happen for anyone. Anyone. So... I didn't think the Marlins were ever in that mix. There was, I think we were dreaming on Jack Flaherty, but I think you always knew that someone was going to gazump you there. It looks like the Dodgers were really close to Erod, uh, but the, he's actually executed his kind of no-trade uh, clause there and is able to reject the deal with the Dodgers. So Erod's still not able to go to the Dodgers. He's still on the block. There's some arms around. There's only a few minutes to go. Um, so... We may as well keep it rolling here because I, I sense that something is going to drop. So we'll, we've got seven minutes until the actual deadline um, and we'll we'll keep it rolling in the meantime. You think an arm's required. They've already done the bullpen. Talk, it's wrong. It's, it would be wrong of me not to ask you about Garrett Cooper at this point because I personally think that, that Jake Berger, is a, there's a real good chance that Berger ends up playing first base, actually. His body profile looks like a first baseman. Power profile is a first baseman. Cooper expiring deal. It wouldn't shock me if Garrett Cooper is trading in the next seven minutes, mate. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it overall because I love Cooper as a player. He's underrated by everyone apart from you. But I could absolutely see that eventuality at this point. And the Marlins should explore that opportunity at this point if they've effectively traded for his replacement to move on an expiring deal, as painful as it may be and to go and get something back for that player. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that unbiased that I don't understand the situation. But 
for me, the Marlins, we've, we've spoken for weeks and months about the idea that the Marlins need to add bats. And I don't understand the idea of adding a Jake Berger if you're going to then subtract a Garrett Cooper. Now, yes, yep. you could trade Cooper and get an additional bat back, and therefore you've in, in essentially added a bat. But for me, I still think Cooper has value for the Marlins, and yes, I'm biased. And, and yes, it would genuinely upset me to see him go, yeah. um, especially in in a trade deadline where theoretically he might not be being traded to a competitor. We spoke yesterday about the idea that if the Marlins traded Cooper, then they were going to lose ninety games, and they traded him to a competitor. Then that gave him an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Um, for me, I'd like to keep him. I'd like to have that additional bat. I'd like to. To really like, if we're all in, then we're all in. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if Coop walks at the end of the season and they get nothing back from him. Yeah, like, how much are you like? I'm the biggest Coop fan in the world, but how much are you actually going to get in return for Cooper? Yeah, is it going to be much? And I'd rather see them just lose him at the end of the year and and, and see what they can get from him rather than get a bucket of balls for him. Um, because what's that really worth in the in the grand scheme of things in an all-in season? Definitely. Definitely. Because you move Coop, next thing is then you go Berger at first base with Guriel, and they're all kind of spotting each other. Next thing is one of those guys gets hurt. Then you're into, okay, well, we've got to shift over Luis Arias to first base. This whole... Uh, can I just talk about Luis Arias first base and that situation just more generally? Because it's been nagging at me for some time where because he had to play first base in Minnesota because they had 58 million infielders and they wanted to stick in the lineup, Luis Arias went to first base. Let me just put it out there right now. Luis Arias is a middle infielder. He's a second baseman. You put Luis Arias at first base, you take away so much from your club. Luis Arias' value is at second base. And just because he did it for a year in Minnesota because they poorly constructed their roster doesn't mean that the Marlins should then default back and make the same mistake. They shouldn't. Luis Arias, the Marlins have already put it forward. He's playing second base. Jazz Chisholm Jr. is playing center field. I do wonder what the future holds there, but everything we've seen is that they're fully bought into that. I think just lazily suggesting oh, well, we'll just slide Lewis Arias to first base, is exactly that. Lazy and a missed opportunity. You look around at the best clubs out there, they have a power profile, a home run hitter at first base. It's the profile you need. You have to have that profile. If you don't, your lineup is worse than the others. And you're losing the value. You've created a second base where you've got the best hitter that maybe, I don't know, best hitter ever maybe. I don't know, but. You know what I'm saying? What's your thoughts on that with Arias at first base? Like, I know he's played there, but he played there out of necessity. Where do you start yeah. on this one? So, second base, like, you can look at the advanced numbers. And look, I look at the advanced numbers, and Arias' numbers there aren't great. But I've seen him on the field. Like, I've seen him play. I've seen mm. him make plays that I'm happy with. I, I don't look at him as a negative on the field visually as opposed to statistically, because... Yeah, no way. Frankly, frankly, he is a negative there. Like, 
But for me, like the bat, don't get me wrong, like a guy that's flirting with 400, that bat is immense. But yeah, you move Arias to first base and all of a sudden you're you're really losing out because you're right in the sense of first base, third base is offensively a power position. And mm. the Marlins for decades, quite literally, and we've discussed this previously, have just accepted low performance at third base, specifically with power. Now, Arias's bat, like if you want to look at guys that have played second base, like 149 WRC plus, that's insane. Like you move that to first base, that still plays. You move that, you can move that in any spot and it will still play. But just looking at it in a traditional sense of like you want power from your first base, you want power to a certain degree from your third base. Like Arias can play second base. Yeah. Adequately. I don't need him to be elite. The bat is elite. So you don't need the defense to be the same. The defense just needs to be adequate. And yeah. yes, the yes, the advanced stats say that he's slightly below that, but my eye says he's fine there. And yeah, that's that's, that's an eternal struggle, isn't it, between the statistics and your eye. And and I will for now trust my eye on that circumstance. Yeah, me too. I do. I do trust my eye on, on a rise. I think he's been perfectly fine at second base. Like making good plays like he knows the game as well that's the other thing like you see defensively he knows the game and he's he's quick to react um you know we'll, we'll see what happens there but it's clear the Marlins have been looking for for first baseman through this this deadline i think that's like been clear and that's kind of the point here which like kind of going back to Jake Berger here a lot of people saying hey Berger's been playing third base that's the end of Gene Segura I don't think it is. I think I think Jake Berger is going to be playing a ton at first base, to be honest with you. I think Gene Segura is going to be playing a ton still at third base. The Marlins have committed to Mean Gene. He hit a home run the other day, crying out loud. Straight away, send a Mean Gene back, baby. Um, I know there's some negativity there around Gene Segura. He's had a real slow start, but I don't think the Marlins are done with him at this point. Um, you know, who knows? Just to call out, by the way, it is exactly if there was like a big Ben situation and I had a way of projecting this onto the screen, which I don't, it would be saying the clock has struck the hour, 11 p.m. UK time, but 6 p.m. Eastern. That is your deadline, ladies and gents, for those listening. The Marlins right now, no deals have been announced, but time will tick on. So with that being said, I think that's a good time to end it. Sean, your final thoughts here, Jake Berger for Jake Eder. Try to summarize it as best you can, then we'll get out of here. I I'm still I'm still waiting to see, but ultimately Kim had to do something. The Marlins had to add a bat, and they added a power bat, an area of need in a position of need. So I can only be so negative, and believe me. I can be pretty bloody negative from time mm. to time. The Marlins right now, I think still need to make one more move and I'd like to see that happen. Well, <laughs> we are at the deadline. Yeah. But I can tell you one name just on that, by the way, the premier name pitching name that was available. Dylan Cease, also White Sox, not traded. So there was talks about them looking for the moon with Dylan Cease, but not traded. Jack Flaherty appears has been traded. Um, 
but sorry, interjected there on you rolling, but it feels like they do need an arm. Takes what made us ask the question right now. Are we done, Craig Mish? No response from Craig Mish. We'll wait to see. But we're expecting maybe something else. It feels like they need something else. This is the point, right, Sean? Like, they can get this power bat, which is absolutely what they needed. They've got the control, which fits the profile. They've sent their best pitching prospect. In reality, Yuri Perez has graduated. So, to many people... Some people will say, oh, Noble Meyer. Some people say Max Meyer, et cetera, et cetera. They've probably sent their best pitching prospect, nearest pitching prospect too, um, to go and get Jake Berger. This, this could be a, this could go one of two ways. But I, I personally, just to kind of give my final assessment on this one, snap reaction, basically, I think we're going to look back on this one really favorably. I'm, Intrigued to see how Jake Eater goes, but let me let me just put it out there: the Jake Eater has not been as anywhere near as good as he was in 2021 thus far. Um, working his way back, he's working his way back, but he hasn't been as good. How does Tommy John affect him? Who knows? How does he perform at the big league level? Who knows? At this point, the Marlins have a need, a big league need, for a big power stick with multiple years of control, and they've got it. Jake Eder, there's so many questions at the big league level. Could Jake Eder be another Eddie Cabrera? Project the life out of him. Talk about him for years. Amazing stuff. But you can't trust him. Who knows? We just don't know. We don't know. It's where everyone's heads were at with this Robertson deal. Oh, these, these two 18-year-old studs. I get it. This is a different situation. But those guys, we really don't know. Eder, I think we've got a better handle on. But the reality is we just don't know at this stage. And I'm absolutely happy for Kim to make this deal. I think we'll look back on this one really favorably. Um, wait to see on that one, though. Wait to see. Um, guys, I appreciate everyone joining in. I appreciate the UK goat Sean Barrett as well, like hot-tailing it back to his, his PC to come and hit this one as an emergency pod. Um, it's four minutes after the deadline. Right now, as we end this episode, the Marlins have done one extra bit of business. Jake Berger for Jake Eder. We wait in anticipation if they've gone and got a starter. If they haven't got a starter, though, Sean, and Edward Cabrera is doing what Edward Cabrera is doing, and Johnny Cueto is potentially Johnny Cueto, um, just final word on this one, just how disappointed would you be? How exposed, maybe, does this leave the Marlins in the next two months as they look to get their first like 162 postseason spot for 20 years? <laughs> Jesus Christ, when you put it like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Brian Hoeing season, isn't it? <laughs> oh, baby. And and we've talked a lot about the idea of can Kim trust Segura? Can she trust her job with him? And and can she like, this is another question. Can she trust that the next man up is going to be Brian Hoeing and she's trusting the man's ability to make the playoffs and maybe her job? on buying hoeing, I'd rather see a small level deal. Just like a, a, a mid-tier teen level prospect for a guy that can throw major league innings. I mean, yeah. what has she got to lose at this point? Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. We still live in anticipation maybe that a deal could be done. But it's six minutes past the deadline. 
Nothing yet announced. Starting to get more news. The guys haven't been traded. The Twins haven't done anything. Da, 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 da. So we're going to call it a day there. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It went longer than expected, but we wanted to kind of maybe catch some live reaction. Nevertheless, you did get the reaction on Burger, Burger 4 Eda. Um, could be a big fat dub. Could be a big fat L. Nevertheless, for 2023, it feels like a big fat dub. The Marlins get that power stick. They very much needed. We'll wait to see what Jake Eda becomes, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow.